I think it's more uh, we have Cushionberry available than it is, you know, Cushionberry is plan A. Yep, I think yep, if, okay. if they can upgrade it and get someone better, I think they would. And I think just publicly they're saying Cushionberry is a starter because as of this moment, he is. But I don't think that's going to rule. Like, if they have the opportunity, if they if there's someone that they like, I definitely think they would draft a center. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here alongside John Heath. It's the Broncos Wire podcast, which is brought to you by the USA Today Network. John, how are you, my friend? Are you are you done with the mock drafts? Ready for the real draft yet? We're getting close. Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, I'm, I'm ready for the mock drafts to be done, but I'm not done just yet. We're a week away from the draft, so I got one more final mock coming up next week. And we, you kind of mentioned it last week. Like it's really hard to predict what they're going to do when their first pick is in the third round. So, like the mocks can be all over the place. There's all kinds of different positions they could pick. So it's very hard to predict. But we've we've been writing about a tons of tons of prospects who's been visiting the team, and there's more to be written about. So we're going to have all of that on Broncos Wire. We're going to have our final mock drafts right up to the last minute on Broncos Wire. So check out the site in this coming week leading up to the draft and, of course, uh, during the draft. And we're going to have the Broncos picks covered. Yeah, and that, that is the place to be. And it's almost, it's, it's almost one of those years, John, where we need a site like the Broncos Wire. Like fans need that because it's just so you don't really know. It, it would mean it was easier. You could predict Pat Sertan a couple yeah. of years ago because we actually predicted it on the show. Right? We talked about it, and that was our prediction. Uh, we said they're not. If this guy's on the board. They're not going to let him go. Um, they're not going to draft Justin Fields. They're going to pick Pat Sertan. Like you're having those discussions, you can actually nail it if it's in the top ten. But when you're picking sixty three, and that's your first pick, it's like forget about it. Sixty seven. Oh, is it sixty seven? Oh, jeez, I'm giving my, I'm giving us too much yeah, credit. Even lower than oh, 63. jeez, jeez. Uh, but I would say the you. you the the folks at the USA Today, the editors at the USA Today Wire sites, John, it's a very collaborative approach this time of year. You guys do all kinds of different mocks. I know you're not allowed to participate in the mock drafts this year, right? Because you know they're going the mocks that are in the first or second round. That's all they do. The Broncos aren't allowed to be invited, right? But it yeah, is a very thanks, co- <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Russell. It's a very collaborative approach, though, on the wire sites. I think that's one thing that I've always kind of looked at fondly. You, I know right now there's actually one of the USA Today wire site mock drafts happening right now behind the scenes and um, all the editors will be writing. They do let you participate in some of them, right? The really deep ones that get into like the really into the weeds. Yeah, we they're working on one right now for every team that doesn't have a first round pick. And I really like somebody called it the cool kids mock draft. And I was like, yeah, I'm in the cool kids mock draft. <laughs> I don't get to be in the first or second round mock. But for the special teams that don't have a first round pick, I am collaborating with those other NFL Wire editors for that mock draft. So that that will also be on Broncos Wire in the coming days. Okay, awesome. That's something that we'll want to check out. And uh, we're going to get John's uh, his top five positions of need that will coincide with the five picks the Broncos have in this entire draft. <laughs> so we'll do that coming up. Uh, but there is there is some news around the team that we're going to hit on here. Uh, and why don't you know the, the Broncos do have quite a few players that were free or were on the roster last year, John free agents, and they're, they're still not signed with any team. Uh, one of those players is Latavius Murray. I think a lot of us thought that Murray would be back with the Broncos because of the Sean Payton connection, right? The connection to the yeah. saints. Uh, what's going on with the player though. It's, it sounds like he's now unlikely to sign with the Broncos. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah. Just like you said, the Sean Payton connection, uh, 
at, when Peyton was introduced, he talked about Latavius Murray, and then when he was at the Super Bowl doing his media rounds, he hyped up Latavius Murray again. And so I was kind of like, okay, the Broncos are definitely re-signing Latavius Murray because Sean Payton keeps gushing about him. But then the Broncos, they signed Samaj P. Ryan, uh, Murray, he's still an unsigned free agent. And then just uh, last week he visited the Bills. And when Murray visited the Bills, Nine News reported that uh, he's unlikely to re-sign with the Broncos, not just because the Bills have interest, but apparently because, you know, it appears the Broncos are just moving forward with other options at running back. Like apparently P Ryan's going to be the Javante Williams backup, and then they'll just draft someone or sign an undrafted free agent or something to round out the running back depth chart. So when I saw that from nine news, I was like, huh, that's kind of surprising. They're moving on from Latavius Murray. And then I was like, wait a minute. I was like, this really reminds me of last year. We went through the same thing with Melvin Gordon. It was very late into April Melvin Gordon hadn't re-signed with the Broncos and people were starting to say, well, the Broncos aren't going to bring him back because they didn't re-sign him and they could have if they wanted to. And he even, I think he visited the Ravens. I know he was talking through a contract with the Ravens. And so I was just under the assumption, okay, Melvin Gordon's going to the Ravens. The Broncos are going to use one of their early picks in the draft on a running back. Like I, in all my mock drafts last year, I kept having them pick a running back. And then right before the draft, they re-signed Melvin Gordon to a one-year deal. And we all know how that turned out. So maybe that once at the best decision, maybe they should have drafted a running back. But just thinking back last year, in late April, it was like, okay, Melvin Gordon's not coming back. Melvin Gordon's not coming back. He's drawing interest from other teams. And then they bring him back. And so Latavius Murray, maybe they won't bring him back. But just the fact that it's been this long and they haven't signed him and he's drawn interest from other teams that doesn't make me convinced that he's definitely not going to return. You know, even if they do draft a running back after the draft, if Murray is still not signed by someone and Denver can get him on just like a one year veteran minimum deal. Like it's nice to have a third or fourth string running back with Murray's experience. Like we saw last year, he stepped in and he did such a fine job for them, even though he's getting a little bit older for a running back. Like he's still very capable when you had hit him and P Ryan both like, that's a very nice one-two duo for Denver because, again, like I've said before, I'm not counting on Javante Williams being ready for like the first four games of the season. And if he is, fantastic. But I think the Broncos would be smart to just assume he might not be. And then if he is, that's great. That's like a, a like a cherry on top. And if he's not, then like that's what you expect and that's what you plan for. You build up your depth chart. So I still think it's possible that Murray could come back, but – there's been reporting that it seems like he's not going to, but I mean, j- just like the wide receiver stuff, like if we get through the draft and they haven't traded receiver, then I'll believe it. If we get through uh, the draft and the Broncos fill up their 90 man roster and like they draft a running back in the third round and, and like Murray signs with the bills or something, then I'll believe it. But just kind of until it actually happens, you know, I'm not ruling anything out basically. Now that makes sense. So, what you're saying, John, is you're you're ready to let yourself get hurt again, right? After you mocked all those running backs last year, and then the Broncos just went and signed <laughs> signed signed their own guy back. Yeah. They I, might I'm do the same thing again. Mock running backs this year, right. even with the possibility of Murray coming back. I'm I'm just going to do it again. I don't learn from my mistakes, Ryan. That's what I thought. So I'm guessing when we get into your positions of need here, which we can start picking away at now, uh, that third string running back is going to be on your list. 
It definitely is. And kind of like I said, P. Ryan, I like him. And I I think he can definitely start early in the season if Javante Williams is not ready. But in that hypothetical scenario where Williams is not ready and P. Ryan is your fill-in starting running back, you got to have a good number two. And right now, like, no offense to the guys they have on the roster right now, but there's nobody that I'm like, oh, yeah, like that guy's fantastic number two running back or even like a number three running back for when Williams is ready. So that again, like going back to Murray again, it would be nice to have him for that depth, but Murray, like I said, he's getting older. So he's not, he would just be a short term solution. And I think like there's always people talking about, you know, don't draft a running back in the first round. Don't draft a running back in the first round. That doesn't apply to the Broncos because they don't have a first round pick, but in general, I really like the concept of drafting a running back every year or every few years. And that's something George Payton just about every other year when he was with the Vikings, the Vikings did draft a running back. And I think it's good business, especially with the way NFL teams treat running backs. A lot of times they kind of run them into the ground for four years on a cheap rookie contract. And then they just let them walk in free agency. And then you have another running back on the roster that you drafted that's still on his rookie contract. And you just, do that over and over and over. And like, if you get a good guy like Javante Williams or like the saints, when they had Alvin Kamara, like you, you give them a second contract, but at least for like your second or third running back, I say, just keep drafting guys, drafting guys with upside and potential and talent for at least four years. You have them on a very team friendly deal. So I really like the idea of drafting a running back. I, I would even draft one in the third round with one of their first two picks in the third round. But if they want to wait until the fourth or fifth or, you know, even the sixth, I guess, whatever, at just at one point and at some point in the draft, I think they should add a running back. And then do you want me to run down the other needs I have for them? Yeah, we could do that. But let me piggyback off that a little bit, John, because that was one of my questions coming in. I, and I agree with you a hundred percent. Like we're seeing, you know, we, we always joke about me being a Patriots fan. I always, Maybe maybe I talk about the Patriots too much on this podcast because it's a freaking Broncos podcast, John, right? But the Patriots did this too, right? They drafted Ramadre Stevenson in the fourth round a couple years ago. And this past season, he rushed for a thousand yards and caught 63 passes or something like that. Like, yep. he's, I mean, that's what that's the prototype, right? You draft a player in these middle rounds at the running back position, you play it out. Even on if the, you have, like, even if you have a Damian Harris, you right, still draft right, him. Right. Because you don't want to be in the situation. Where, you know, I'm sure we'll see it someday with the Bajan Robinson kid, uh, you know, who's that, you know, this big running back. Everybody w- wants this running back. Who's going to take him in the top 10? You know, someone going to do it. It's like you're going to get the Saquon Barkley situation where you're, he's holding out at the end of his freaking rookie deal. That happens all the time when you draft a running back in the top 10. So going in the middle rounds is the way to go. I, I agree with everything you said there. My question for you coming into this pod was when you only have five picks. Are you going to give up one of those middle round picks for a running back? Right. I mean, that's that's what's fascinating to me. I think if you have a normal draft board where you have eight or eight to ten picks, it makes sense. Like, let's take a stab at a running back in the middle rounds. It's a great strategy. But you think even with the Broncos only having five, you you would be happy with them doing even with one of those third round picks. I found that I found that interesting. I, I'd still be fine with that just because I think the Broncos did a good enough job in free agency. Like they signed a ton of guys in free agency. Some of them were just one-year deals, two-year deals, but they patched up a ton of needs in free agency and they even addressed some depth in free agency. So to me, there's we'll get into it when I talk about the needs, but there's only two spots where I'm like, it would be really nice to have a starting caliber guy. And it's at two spots. And one of them, like, 
they may not even draft someone just because I want a starting caliber person there doesn't mean that they're going to add it. So, uh, so there's just, that would just leave one more position and you have two third round picks. So uh, I'm perfectly fine with using one of those third round picks on a running back. If there's someone there that they really love. And like you said, you don't have to do it in the third round. Like there's plenty of good running backs in the fourth round. And we've even seen some fifth round running backs turn out to be, you know, really big contributors. And also like, in theory, this is going to be their third string running back. So it's not it's not like it has to be one of the top, top running backs in the draft. Obviously, in the third round, it wouldn't be one of the best guys, but they they can wait a little bit. They don't have to draft one in with one of their first two picks, but I wouldn't be frustrated if they do just because I like having – I love running backs, Ryan. Like in fantasy I football, yeah. I always load up my – my bench with running back. So I I'm biased towards the position, but I think it's just good business to get upside at that position in the draft. No, yeah, I think it's a fascinating storyline. The whole thing with Latavius Murray still not back when we kind of figured they just signed him back for cheap. And it just made sense. Uh, and you know, them only having five picks. Uh, I, I just, I think that is something to watch going in. Uh, why don't you give it to us? So John, what is your top position of need for the Broncos now after free agency heading into the draft? Give us your top position of need. Yeah, I have cornerback as their number one need. And it's kind of a bummer because corner, like if if you want a starting caliber corner, you probably want to find him in the first or second round. You definitely can get one in the third round, but it's not as likely as the first or second. So to me, cornerback is number one on the list. And it's not because Damari Mathis is not a good player. Like I think he is a good player and he wasn't supposed to be a starter last year, but because Ronald Darby was hurt for so much of the season, Mathis went from being a third or fourth string guy to starting across from Pat Sertan for a bunch of the year. And he did a very good job early on. It it was a bit of a struggle. He had like four pass interference penalties in his first start, but he got way better after that. And so I like Mathis. I just w- I would love to have him as your third string cornerback. I think as a third string cornerback, and he's not quite as tall as Pat Sertan. And w- like again, we're not going to get another Pat Sertan in the third round. He was a ninth overall pick for a reason. But Sertan is just a prototypical tall, big shutdown cornerback. And again, maybe they can't get a shutdown corner in the third. But if you can get another tall, big corner, like a a corner one caliber kind of a guy a cb2 kind of a guy to start across from sertan and then slide mathis to be your third string guy to me that would be ideal and the thing is if they don't do that though if they can't get a you know a starting caliber cornerback in the draft because you know they don't want to reach for someone in the third round and you know one of the first or second round guys aren't going to fall third round so if it doesn't happen mathis can start he proved last season he can be a starter so you know I have this as their number one position of need, but they may not even pick it in the third round. And so, I, and again, like this is all opinion, but the whole, all mock drafts are all opinion. So I'm going to run down what my needs are for the Broncos, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to match what, you know, George Payton and Sean Payton think their needs are. But to me, corner is something that I would love to, one of their first two picks in the third round, I would really like them to get whoever they think is the best corner left on the board at that point in the draft. Yep. That, that makes perfect sense. And I, you know, I think another need that Broncos fans are going to be looking for, it's not all that sexy, John, when your team drafts guards and centers, <laughs> but yeah. I think interior lines got to be on the list somewhere. Yeah. Center 
is the number one position. And this, I kind of alluded to it when I was talking about running back to me, I would love again to get a starting caliber center. And again, it's like, well, are you going to get a starting caliber center in the third round? The, the guy from Wisconsin lately, it seems like a lot of people think he will be in the second round, maybe even the first round. If someone like that slides to the third round, that would be fantastic, but maybe that's unrealistic. So again, like if there's not a center that they think can come in and start right away in the third round, Maybe they just wait and get one later. But if if there is someone they like at sixty seven or sixty eight overall, I would I just want Lloyd Cushenberry to have competition. And they did sign Kyle Fuller. He's not the cornerback, the the center that used to play for the Seahawks. He actually started I think like nine games with Russell Wilson one year, but he he was mostly a backup in Seattle, and that doesn't mean that you know maybe he'll take a step forward in his career and that maybe like this will be the best year of his career maybe he would went beat out Lloyd Cushenberry for the starting job I don't know but Cushenberry to me like I just I would really prefer to have someone that is an upgrade over him at center and I think in the third round it would be possible to find an upgrade over Cushenberry at center but just like I said about corner like if they don't draft a center, or at least if they don't draft a center in the third round, Lloyd Cushenberry has started a bunch of games for them over the last three years. So he can start. And with Ben Powers right next to him at guard and Quinn Miners, who I really like at guard, and now you got, you know, they added Mike McGlinchey at tackle. Like in theory, the offensive line is going to be a lot better this year. So with the guys that they added, if the unit overall is way better, maybe that will help Cushenberry raise his game and maybe the support around him will be better. So like just like cornerback, I would love for them to get a starting center or a starting caliber center, but if they don't, they do have someone that can do the job. So I have cornerback and center number one and number two on like my needs wish list, but I think it's possible they don't even address either of those positions in the third round and maybe not even in the draft. I probably at some point they're going to draft a cornerback, but like center it's possible. They might not even draft a center. They might just say, okay, we're going into camp with Lloyd Cushenberry and Kyle Fuller competing for the job. You know, if it's still a mess next year, we can sign a center next year, draft a center next year or whatever. So again, like it's all opinion. Like in my mind, I would love to get another corner and I would love to get another center. But I do, I really do believe that when they only have five picks, they're not in the first, second round. I think they're going to kind of let the board fall to them and try to stay true to, you know, we're going to draft the best player available on the board. And teams always say that, but sometimes they don't do it as much as they say it. And it's, and again, like, I don't think just because corner and center would be nice to have, they're not going to reach for someone that they have like a fourth round grade on saying, you know, we have to have a center. Cause I don't think they're going to feel like that. So right. I, I'm sorry, Ryan, now I'm rambling, but <laughs> no, corner and center are the top two for me. Yeah. I mean, does your, if what's your gut say, do you think the Broncos, do you think Cushenberry is like plan a, do you think they, they're all in on Cushenberry or do you think it's very much like a, if our guy is available in the third round at center, we'll take him if they have a guy on their board. Or do you think like, you know, what's your gut tell you? Do you think they, their plan right now is to push forward with Cushenberry. I think it's more uh, we have Cushenberry available than it is, you know, Cushenberry is plan A. Yep, I think yep, if, okay. if they can upgrade it and get someone better, I think they would. And I think just publicly they're saying Cushenberry is a starter because as of this moment, he is. But I don't think that's going to rule. Like, if they have the opportunity, if they if there's someone that they like, I definitely think they would draft a center. And, and if 
there's no one they can. Cushionberry is basically plan B in my mind. That's what my read is of it. Okay. Yep. That makes perfect sense. So, okay. We, so we've talked corner, we've talked center and we've talked third string running back a little bit. Uh, that's three of our five, John. What's what else you got? What's on your list? So I, I put down defensive line depth and again, like it would be nice to have like a starting caliber defensive end. I don't know how practical that is. Like maybe they could get one in the third round. If you do that, that's one of your two third round picks. So they lost Draymond Jones and obviously they replaced him with Zach Allen. So that's like a starter for starter replacement. But then the other defensive end spot, Deshaun Williams started, I think like 15 games for them last year. So Deshaun Williams was a regular starter for him. They, they did not re-sign him in free agency. He went to the Panthers. He reunited with their old defensive coordinator. So they don't have, you know, they did draft a couple guys late last year, but until they prove it, I'm not counting on them to take a, a huge step forward in their second season as defensive linemen in the NFL. So to me, they don't have a starting defense, a clear replacement for Deshaun Williams. So if nothing else, I think you've got to get like a rotational caliber defensive lineman to at least add to the mix, add to the competition this summer, add to the rotation this season. And then on the offensive line, it's not nearly as imperative as defensive end, but I think they don't really have a backup offensive swing tackle, not someone that I would be super super comfortable with. They have Garrett Balls on the left, who I think is good. They added Mike McGlinchey on the right in free agency. I think he's he's solid. So they have they definitely have their two starting tackles, but for the last few years, like Cam Fleming in theory was going to be the backup swing tackle, but because of injuries, he ended up being like mostly their starting right tackle. So I think and Cam Fleming, I've We'll get to it in a little bit. We'll talk about some of the free agents that are still unsigned, but Cam Fleming's still available. So maybe after the draft, they could bring him back to be the backup swing tackle. But uh, again, like money-wise, age-wise, I think offensive line is another spot where it's nice to just draft them. You know, every year, even if it's kind of later in the draft, draft a guy to develop him, have him available as a backup. And it's really nice to be able to get a lot of these guys are versatile. Like you have a tackle who can play guard or you have a guard who can play center. I think as we get uh, to their later picks in the draft, if they get like a backup swing tackle who could fill in for Garrett Bowles or fill in for Mike McGlinchey, I think that would be really nice to have. They did so much of free agency this year, John, as you kind of hit on earlier, that a lot of this is depth, right? Um, yeah. it's depth on the D line. It's depth on the O line. It's depth at running back. It's, you know, that's, that's kind of where we're at. So this could be kind of a, we stand pat and make our picks type of draft. Or do you, do you think the Broncos could get a little wild and make some, some trades and try to get more picks? I mean, I don't know if any team's like super comfortable only having five picks and only making five selections, right? Um, George Payton, even more so like he yeah. likes to go into a yes. draft with 10 picks. And, and, you know, the Bears, is, I think, is an example of this. They had a similar situation where they, you know, Ryan Poles, their GM, he comes in. They didn't have a first-round pick because of the trade for Fields the year prior, right? And he, like, turned, like, he had, like, three or four. He had, like, three picks on the last day of the draft. And he turned them into 10, just making all these deals, trading back, trading back, and just made all these selections. Do you think you see the Broncos doing anything wild like that? Do you see them trading back multiple times to try to up that number from five to like, you know, closer to 10? Or do you think this is, they did so much of free agency that maybe they just, they're happy standing pat. 
I, I don't know if they'll do anything wild, but I definitely think they'll trade down at least probably once, like maybe two or three times. Because the George Payton, he's had, what, two drafts now? Both times he's traded down a handful of times. Just because, like, if you're, like, in the middle of the third round and someone in the end of the third round's like, I'll give you my end of the third round pick and my fifth round pick, like, in, unless there's someone you absolutely love when you're on the clock, it's like, yeah, sure, why not bump down 5, 10, 15 spots and get another pick a little later in the draft? So I definitely wouldn't be shocked if they do something like that once or twice just because George Payton, he's he has a history of doing it. And like you said, when you only have five picks to work with, it would be, it would be nice to end up you know with seven or eight picks. And if you can do that without having to move way, way down the board – I definitely think they'd be open to it. And George Payton even said he was asked about trading up at the uh, NFL owners meetings last month in Arizona because they don't have a first round pick. People were like, so without having a first round pick, have you thought about trading up? And he was like, when you, when you only have five picks, that's kind of hard to do. And he yeah. was like, it's more likely that we would trade back to acquire more picks. So I, I think you're probably reading it in the right direction, thinking that's something that they could do. Yeah, you can you can work some magic late, and even on day three, you can turn a few picks into a lot if you just kind of work the phones. Yeah. And I I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos did some of that. Uh, if they don't, John, if they only make like maybe one trade back or something, uh, maybe they'll bring back some of their own guys. Right? You hit on you mentioned Cam Fleming. We talked about Latavius Murray. Those are two of the twelve in-house free agents they still have unsigned on the uh, street. Right. So after the draft, they could look at maybe bringing some of these guys back to are any do any other names pop out at you on this list of uh unsigned broncos free agents from last year yeah in addition to cam fleming and latavius murray like you said kareem jackson is still out there and if they don't draft a safety like we've talked about it i like caden stearns i think he's a starting caliber corner but it would be really nice to have good depth behind him and kareem jackson would be fantastic depth like kareem jackson is he's still starting caliber but I think this last season he took a little bit of a step back. So to me, if you have him just as a rotational guy and someone that's available, like hopefully he doesn't. But if Caden Stearns did get hurt again, having someone like Kareem Jackson as a backup, to me that would be fantastic. So if they could get him on like a one-year deal after the draft, that would be great. Or, you know, again, like it's it's all opinion to me what their needs are like maybe they'll use a third round pick on a on a safety like that's very possible and if the if they do want a safety and if they draft a safety i think then cream jackson would be a lot less uh likely to come back but if if they don't draft a safety someone like cream jackson could i could see come back murray like until it doesn't happen i still think it's possible and someone like cam fleming again like he's a very solid backup swing tackle and then tight end is another position I've seen people mocking, you know, tight ends to the Broncos in the third round of the draft. And like, again, it, it wouldn't shock me if they did that, but it also wouldn't shock me if they just signed like two or three undrafted free agent tight ends. Like there's so many different ways they could go with it, but if they don't draft Eric or excuse, if they don't draft a tight end, Eric Tomlinson is still available and he was a pretty decent blocking tight end for them the last two years, or excuse me, this last season. And so someone like Eric Tomlinson, I could see them bring back. And Dalton Reisner is still out there in free agency as well. I think he probably went into free agency 
asking for a lot more than what teams were willing to give him based on, you know, the film that he has from the last two years. And now at this point, I think he's just going to have to do a one year relatively budget prove it deal. And then he'll hope to have a very good season this year and then go into free agency next year, getting more along the lines with what he was seeking this season. So Reisner, I don't know if that bridge is kind of burned because they signed Ben Powers and, you know, they really like Quinn Miners. So if they brought Reisner back, he would be, he would basically be a backup. Like if, if at most he would be competing for a starting spot this summer. So I don't know if he would want to do that. He might rather go somewhere where he thinks he, you know, has a fresh start and a better chance to win a job. And also it's, it's like the pride thing. I don't, I don't know how much it would hurt him to be like, you know, the Broncos didn't value me. And then, you know, every team deemed that, what I thought my market was was way too high. Now I have to, you know, go humble myself and go back to Denver on a cheap one-year deal. I don't know if he'd be willing to do that. And I don't know if the Broncos would even want to bring him back. Cause clearly, you know, Ben powers was like the first thing they did in free agency, like getting a really good guard was a priority for them. So Reisner's a name. I don't know if he's someone that would actually come back or if they would want to bring him back. But to me, like Latavius Murray, Kareem Jackson, Cam Fleming, those are the guys to watch after the draft. And then just because he's a quarterback and Broncos fans are obsessed with backup quarterbacks, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what happens with Brett Rippin as well. Especially my boy, Brett Rippin. Come on. Yeah, we got to see what's going on there. So, uh, so yeah, so it, we'll have to see how it all shakes out. Uh, and it's really hard to predict the NFL draft anyway. That's why there's millions of mock drafts you could read and just you know, do the, the eye spitting emoji after a few weeks, John, of reading the mock drafts. It's like, oh my God, I got to get to, I got to get to the actual thing. Uh, but I think, I think John's going to give us his mock draft next, next week, right? So that'll be, we're going to, we're going to tease that. John's going to recap his final Broncos mock draft. We're going to get into it for all the diehards that are, you know, getting ready for the third round of the draft and really getting deep into it. Uh, John's going to give his predictions for the team. Looking forward to that. Uh, but, you know, that was kind of our thoughts on where the team is at in terms of their positions of need and and kind of the state of the roster going in. The, the roster's in, in decent shape, I think, heading into the draft. So uh, we'll have to see how that shakes out. John, there's a couple other miscellaneous items that maybe we could fire through here before we uh, sign off. Uh, one of them, I, I, I think one of the big stories in the NFL over the last couple of weeks was the uh, Odell Beckham signing for the Ravens, right? But there's a report that the, uh, the Ravens were trying to get Cortland Sutton in a trade and the Broncos turned them down. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, we we touched about, you know, just them saying they're not going to trade Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy on last week's pod. But uh, apparently, proof. you know, the, the Athletic reported that the Ravens basically had a deal done for Cortland Sutton to do a trade for him. And then the Broncos essentially changed their mind is what the reporting makes it seem like. So that just, again, is just more evidence that the Broncos were definitely taking calls listening to calls, maybe even even entertaining the possibility of going through with a trade for either Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. But uh, in the end, they decided against it. And, you know, completely speculating, I'm assuming it had to have been like a third round pick yep. or some or like a or like a fourth round yeah. pick or, and like two fourth round picks in the future or something. I don't know, because if it was a second round pick, I, you know, to me, it would be hard to say no to that. So I imagine it it couldn't have been that rich. But in the end, the Broncos decided not to do it. Corlin Sutton's still a Bronco. Jerry Judy's still a Bronco. 
if that's still the case after the draft, that's to be determined. So it's just, it's another, it's still, like the Broncos say they're not trading them. But again, like, as I've said, until it doesn't happen, I'm still not ruling out the possibility. You never know. The phones could be ringing even on Thursday night. You never know, John, right? Exactly. You got to keep an eye on things. So Broncos fans, while it was a lot more fun when the Broncos were, I guess it's never that fun when you go through a season and you're picking number nine overall. But that year where the Broncos were picking number nine and we weren't sure if they're going to take a quarterback and they went with uh, they went with the corner uh, and it was just like, oh man, that was just that was just great theater. And unfortunately, we're not going to be experiencing that. We don't think. But if the Broncos get on the phone and make a trade, then then you never know. So we'll have to exactly, see. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you got to stay tuned in. Well, I'll be tuning in anyway. Come on. We love this stuff. Uh, all right. Item number two, the commanders, they're expected to get bought for $6 billion. So that means uh, the the Walmart people with Denver got a nice value, right? On their, yep. what, what was it? $4 billion? What What did the Walmart people like pay? $4.65 billion. Okay. Okay. Like That's that. it. That's it. Okay. Uh, so the commanders for six billion. I that that's a little rich for my bl- blood for that stupid franchise, <laughs> but but I don't know. Well, they're they have they're a slightly larger media market than Denver is, and um, it, it's just it's just like a quarterback. The most recent quarterback to get paid is the highest paid quarterback of all time. Like for for the you know franchise quarterbacks like Lamar or excuse me Jalen Hurts. He's the highest paid quarterback in NFL history. That's not going to be the case when Joe Burrow gets his contract, when Justin Herbert gets his contract, Correct. and Lamar Jackson. Like, if the Ravens finally give in or pay him, or if they trade him, someone pays him. Like, it's just basically who is the most recently paid QB, a big name QB. And it's the same with NFL teams. Like, as time goes on, these NFL teams' valuations are just going to go up and up with like sports betting, you know, rising, increasing the revenue for the NFL, and, and just like, even just the property that they're going to be acquiring in, in Washington, DC, like that. And, and the Broncos, like the Broncos, the Broncos owners, if they acquire like a huge piece of land outside of Denver and build like a mega super stadium and host Super Bowls at it. And like, if, if it's not owned by the city and it's owned by the, like, that's a huge, huge money-making opportunity. Like you can host, March Madness there you can host like World Cup games there so at every NFL like the Seahawks they might be the next team to go for sale and like they'll probably be more than six billion even though to me like the Seahawks that's not as appealing to me and I'm super biased but like to me it's not as appealing as the Broncos to me the Washington Commanders that's not as appealing as the Broncos but it's just the NFL the valuation continue to go up and up and up the longer we go in time, you know, just every team that's gets sold, it's going to be for more than the last. And this, it's looking like the Josh Harris group is going to buy the Commanders, and his he's the same group he tried to buy the Broncos this last year, and they just knew that they couldn't outbid the Walton. So I honestly think everyone knowing that they couldn't outbid Walmart money, I think that helped Rob Rob Walton and the Penner family get a relative bargain because. It, no matter what anybody offered, the Waltons could outbid them. So then, you know, this they're bidding six billion for the Commanders. If they did that for the Broncos, the Waltons could have bid six point one billion or six point five billion. So you know, if they basically don't bother because the Bron or the Waltons are going to match it no matter what, then the Waltons end up getting a relative steal. And we're already seeing that just a year later, almost one point five billion more 
for a franchise that, in my opinion, is not as appealing as the Broncos. So it's just it's just the way of the NFL, the money, money, money. Well, I'm going to enjoy saying the Broncos have the richest owners in NFL history for as long as we can. All right, John, yeah. we'll, we'll do that. Until or, Saudi Arabia buys an it, NFL team. I was going to say, or I guess technically they still would, right? Because this is like a big group that's going to be buying the commanders. Um, so maybe maybe Broncos would still have the richest owners. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Josh Harris, his net worth is not anywhere close. And I think there's like two other primary people. Their net worth wouldn't be anywhere close to yeah. Rob Wall. He doesn't have that Walmart money. All right, so next item is the Broncos. Uh, now, they tweeted out uh, a photo. It was kind of a tease. They didn't show the whole helmet, but it was a white a white helmet. It appeared to have the Rocky Mountains on it, John, uh, and it got fans kind of riled up about whether they like or or hate this white helmet. Um, to me, just my take on the, on the helmet, um, if this is a real thing, if the Broncos are going to wear a white helmet with the Rocky Mountains on it, uh, I find that corny. <laughs> I, find that, I, I don't like it. That's just my personal like, take on it. Hey, maybe I'll love it when I actually see the real thing. I don't know. But I just think it, it could be a little weird, especially if you're pairing it with like a, a orange color rush jersey or something. Um, that could be weird. Even if it's like white on white on white, that would be weird. Those color rushes, right? So I don't know. I'm just kind of a purist when it comes to the... I like the old school jerseys in every sport, right? Like give me the vintage yeah. Broncos jersey with the with the blue and the orange stripes down the side, down the rib cage there. Or the ones with the uh, with the the stripes on the sleeve, like that's kind of that's kind of what I'm into when it comes to the jersey, the color rush thing. It's like, nah, whatever. I don't get that worked up over it. But what do you think about potential white helmets with the Rocky Mountains on them, John? In the teaser photo, they showed the Rocky Mountains as like reflected in the visor, and with them being in the visor like that and barely showing any helmet, I was like, huh, I wonder if they're gonna like incorporate the Rocky Mountains in the logo, and it, I. I don't know what I would think about that unless like I saw it. But then after that, I found out that they have to wear it with their color rush uniform and their existing color rush uniform has the D logo. So I'm assuming it's still going to be that throwback D logo, but it's just now instead of an ugly blue helmet, it's going to be a white helmet. And then assuming they haven't changed their color rush uniform, it's going to be an orange Jersey, orange pants and a white helmet. And I have mixed, thoughts about that like you said you wouldn't want white 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 i think a complete whiteout to me would look better than a white helmet with an orange jersey and an orange pants i think the best combination would be white pants that orange color rush jersey and and the white helmet but i don't think they're allowed to do that i i don't think they can tweak their color rush uniform i think they're basically doing their existing color rush uniform so i don't know it's interesting like we'll we'll see how it looks but i i do know that they've been you know they've been pulling fans about the possibility of a new uniform and like what a new uniform design would look like so i think this is this is just kind of wedding broncos appetites of being something different like this is this is a change like even if it's just a little change because they already had a color rush uniform all this changes is the helmet it's still something that's just kind of new and fresh and then you know maybe in 2024 that might be a little too early like 2025 or 26 might be more realistic but i think at some point down the road they're going to have completely revamped new uniforms and that's like that's what i'm worried about like you you got to get your full uniform design right and i do think they are really listening to fans it seems like and i really appreciate that so i think fans are going to be happy with what they end up with with the overall uniform being revamped for this, you know, alternate 
white helmet that they're going to wear like one or th- up to three times a season, I'm not too, too worried about it. Like as long as they get the revamped uniform right, you know, I'm not going to care if the white helmet, you know, maybe looks a little odd. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then our final um, little kind of miscellaneous item about the team is that the, the Broncos are polling fans, John, about the possibility of a new stadium. Uh, and it sounds like they want to host a Super Bowl so it would include a roof. Uh, now, I don't know. Obviously, it sounds like a retractable roof. So I don't know if Denver would want to keep the roof open. But even if you have a roof, John, you're going to like, you're going to feel like the want to close it in bad weather. I just feel like that's oh, going to yeah. happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even if they try to, oh, so no, we want the the cold weather feel. We want the the Denver home field advantage. No, if it's bad weather, they'll probably start closing it eventually. And then all of a sudden we'll have a, it'll feel like an indoor stadium. Uh, so I, I hate the roof. Uh, I just, I just hate it. Uh, that's just not my thing. I love the outdoor weather stadiums and I think there's been plenty of like Denver snow games that have just been kind of etched in our memories over the years. Yeah. So the roof uh, I hate personally, but we'll get your take on that. And also I know there's something else stuck in your craw about the (laughs) possibility of a new stadium. Why don't you tell us that? Yeah, the personal seat licenses, it, it, it's not guaranteed to happen. But when they sent polls to fans asking about, like, should we do these upgrades to the current stadium? If we got a new stadium, would you want this? Would you want this? Like, if we got a new stadium, would you want, you know, this payment plan? You know, would you want to sit here? Would you rather pay more to sit here? And, and then, like, just mixed in with all that stuff subtly was the hint, or not, not even a hint, just straight up saying, this would add a personal seat license. And I just hate that. And I know like everybody's counter is, well, everybody in the NFL does that. Every NFL stadium that's been built since such and such year has been built with personal seat licenses, but I still don't like it. And for anyone listening that doesn't know, basically you have to pay like a one-time fee for the right to buy the season tickets for the seat. And so if you have two or three or four seats, like you have to buy a personal seat license for every single one of those seats. And they're going to be hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, like the good seats, they're going to be thousands of dollars. The bad seats are going to be hundreds of dollars. And it's only a one-time thing, but it's still super annoying. Like, cause if again, like if you have 4,000 seats, that really adds up to have thousands and thousands of dollars and then on top of that, you still pay for your season tickets, which are also thousands and thousands of dollars. And what bugs me about it is like we just talked about the Broncos having the richest owners in the NFL. Like Rob Walton's net worth is fluctuating from 60 to $7 billion. And I know that's it's not like it's all liquid cash. It's not like he has that much money sitting in a bank. It, it's in different assets and things. But he has more you know, he has more funds available to him by far than any other owner in the NFL. There's no one that comes close. David Tepper is the next closest one. And, you know, I don't think he's even like 20 billion. Like he, he's not even close to half of what the Broncos have. And then every, every other owner is well below David Tepper. So the Broncos, they just, they have so much, we talked about it, the Walmart money. They have so much Walmart money. They could easily, easily privately finance a stadium, you know, build this super stadium and, and not need fans to play person. Like the only, the, the only reason you do it is just business. Like they want to save money. And, and of course, like I get, you know, like businessmen want to save money. And, you know, if the city's going to pay for part of your stadium, you know, you take advantage of that. 
if season ticket holders are going to pay a personal seat license to have access to season tickets, you're going to take advantage of it. So I get that they're businessmen and they want to save money everywhere they can. It's just annoying to me because they're not even comparable to like, like people say every NFL team has done it. That's built a modern stadium, but the Broncos, they're not every NFL team. Like their ownership group is a unique ownership group. There's nobody else in the NFL that's like them. Nobody that has the kind of money they can. And what we talked about it, like when they bought the Broncos, we were like, we don't really know how that's going to go. Like, you know, they're brand new owners. We, we haven't seen them make any moves or do anything yet. But one thing that we talked about was, you know, with this much money, there are things that they could do that would make fans happy. One of the things they could do is build this super stadium themselves, not make the city pay for it, not do personal seat license for season ticket. Like if every other NFL team that's built a modern stadium has done that and then the Broncos owners don't do that, like that's the way to endear yourself to fans. That's the way to you know, make Broncos fans love you and, and go from the Walmart memes and all that stuff to, you know, the Waltons are the best owners in the NFL by far. Like if you want the they probably don't care about building up goodwill, but you know, if they want to be on great terms with Broncos fans, you know, not charging them just for the right to purchase season tickets, that would be really nice. Yep. I think you're the voice of the people, John. Uh, you know, I, and, um, John's got a, I know John feels strongly about this. He's got a great article up on Broncos wire that folks can check out. Uh, he shared some tweets from fans, uh, one of them is, you know, quote, if the Broncos want me to pay nearly 15 grand for my PSL for three seats, plus increase the total price per season for those seats by $2,400 to nearly uh, to nearly six grand, I'll be out. That's what one person tweeted. Another one said, uh, PSL's price out average income fans, uh, which I think is a, a, a nice way to kind of surmise it, right, John? Like, if the yep. Walton Petter group is seeking to wash out longstanding lower income season ticket holders, PSLs are the way to go. So, John, you're the voice of the people. I know uh, the season ticket holders, especially, are are not for this, uh, and uh, that's that's all we can really say. You would, we know the Broncos are spending on the team. I think so far the new ownership has proven that. Right? They went out and got the coach. Uh, yeah, they're spending and, and on the roster. They, they replaced the sod at the stadium yep. for just one game last year. Right. Right. And they're building a huge scoreboard and doing all kinds of renovations to this stadium that in 10 years they may not be using. So they're dumping money into the team. They definitely are. Yep. They. I think that's that's one thing we can say that's a positive. They're, they're the richest ownership group in the NFL, in NFL history, and they're spending on the team plenty. Uh, I think I've been, I've been happy with what I've seen so far. But the PSL thing, uh, that would be a bad look, and I understand. I would understand the fans, um, you know, negative reaction to that, John. And I think, again, you're the voice of the people, and, and folks should uh, – not only listen to John here on the podcast talk about it, but read his stuff on the Broncos wire. Uh, John, are you going back into the bunker to prepare for this draft? We're a week away from the draft. What's what's coming up next here over the next six, seven days before we get to the big Thursday night? Yeah, they, they still have had some like top 30 visits and different guys coming in. I'm still working through, right? Like just doing like little bios about those different guys that have visited the team leading up to the draft. There's a, a new mock draft coming out Thursday, the, the day this uh, podcast is released and then next week I'll have my final mock draft and then as like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay like as those big name guys do their mock drafts that are three rounds we'll be writing and reacting to those as well so just a lot of stuff about prospects you know a couple more mock drafts coming up and then Thursday the draft arrives and 
We don't have a first round pick, but like we said, you know, still be on the lookout for trades. You know, if you want to make yourself cry, you can see who the Seahawks pick with their <laughs> early with their early picks they have from Denver. And then even the Sean Payton pick, you know, late in the first round that the uh, Saints ended up with that the Broncos got from the Bradley Chubb trade with the Dolphins, like check out who the, who the Saints picked then. And, and then Thursday, they don't have a second round pick or excuse me, Friday night, day two of the draft. They don't have a second round pick, but they do pick early in the third round on Friday night. And then Saturday, as of now, they have fourth, fifth and sixth round picks. So there's, there's going to be stuff going on for Denver. And like we said, they're, they're probably going to trade down once or twice, maybe a handful of times and they might end up with five picks. But right now it's looking like they're going to come out of the draft with at least five new guys. And even though, it's no high round picks. It, it's still exciting. It's always exciting to add rookies to the roster. Always so optimistic about how, you know, even the late round picks, they're always going to be sleepers. They're always going to be the, the steal of the draft. So it's a fun time of year for sure. Yep. Draft weekend is is great. Um, and, and for sure, I, I do, like we said earlier, I do think, especially day three, when the Broncos have what they have, they'll have three picks on day three, and I could just see those three picks turning into more. I, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, so, yeah, we we really appreciate Broncos fans. Really appreciate the folks that take the time to do the three round mock drafts, John. And <laughs> yeah, we really appreciate not. those people this year. Um, so that's what we'll be honing in on. John's going to give us his. Uh, he's going to recap his official mock draft on next week's episode because again, next week we'll have a little bit more. Um, airtime before the Broncos actually pick John, so we can actually record something next week, I think, and, and yep. get it out, get it out for the people. So be on the lookout for that. Check out John's stuff on Broncos Wire for John. I'm Ryan O'Leary. We appreciate you all. We'll talk to you next time. This USA Today Sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.